This program is sponsored by Wicked, Chronic, and Natick, Massachusetts. Located at 185 Worcester Street, right on Route 9, they can be reached at 508-545-8105 or at wickedchronicvendorcommerce.com. Wicked Chronic is a boutique-style retail shop that focuses on selling counterculture products such as Wiccan cannabis cultures coming together in a unique setting. You need something for that special spell? Go on down to Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts and speak to Beverly. Tell them Dr. Chris sent you. Check them out today. Hi, I'm Ali, and this is Rob. Howdy. And we're the hosts of Horror Never Sleeps, a new weekly horror movie retrospective podcast. We will be reviewing your favourite scary movies like Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, and Psycho. Also, we'll be covering classic gems like Maniac Cop, The Lost Boys, The Human Centipede. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, no. Oh, we'll see. First episode will be released mid-November. You can listen on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. Until then, stay scared. Ooh. Yeah, we won't be doing that. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're the hosts of a new true crime podcast called Yours and Murder. We put out a new episode every week. We switch between covering true crime cases together and analyzing true crimes in our minisodes. We take turns on the minisodes, focusing on our unique perspectives. I have a degree in forensic science. And I have one in journalism. So we're able to go beyond Wikipedia and dive into the facts of the case. We look at the forensic evidence and the spin put on cases by the media. Check us out on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, and like us on Facebook for an update on Today in True Crime History. As always, we are Yours in Murder. In the shadows you can hear the sounds The rumble of a hundred hounds Cries of the banshee, terror of the wind go You all they can't see if they just know where to go It's the creature It's the creature It's the creatures from the supernatural Welcome to the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast, a podcast dedicated to all the monsters, mythology, and history, religion, and other factoids of the creatures that appear on the TV series Supernatural, which airs on the CW. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Mel Heflin. And tonight on the show, we are going to be talking about one of the most notorious serial killers, H.H. Holmes. Mel Heflin has a synopsis for us. I sure do. Sam and Dean investigate the brutal murders of blonde women from an apartment building and discover the demon responsible is the ghost of the first serial killer. Ooh, spooky. The episode I thought was going to be your just run-of-the-mill kind of like, you know, uh, spookfest ghost. And it ended up being something uh, a little bit more that we can dig into, because I didn't quite remember the episode until I started watching it. And it was like, oh, that's right, this is the HHH Holmes episode, whose real name was Herman Webster Mudgett. Yeah, that's uh, that was before he changed it. 
What I found very interesting about this ghost compared to a lot of the other ones on Supernatural is I I don't really remember many. Um, there are some, but there's not many ghosts that leave behind a black goo or travel by black goo. So I found that very interesting. What is that, ectoplasm? Yes, uh, Sam and Dean do call it ectoplasm in um, in the episode. H.H.H. Holmes uh, was, uh, I wouldn't say he was active from 1861 to 1896, but he was born in 1861 and died in 1896. Uh, there's actually quite a bit about H.H. H. Holmes. He was America's, while um, the synopsis says it's, He's the first serial killer. He's America's first serial killer. Yeah, I was going to say that 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 made a little bit more sense considering that there had (laughs) to have been other serial killers. And also there had to have been serial killers in other parts of the country that we never even heard about. Right. Uh, There was Jack the Ripper. I think he was one of the uh, earliest ones. But H.H. Holmes was definitely America's first. He has nine confirmed victims, 20 to 200 unverified but he confessed to 27 so the numbers are all over the place you know it's kind of funny is that he was apprehended in 1894 and he was then hung in 1896 these days if somebody is apprehended in uh one year and then they're tried and convicted the following year which is pretty much how the judicial system will work just because of how backed up the courts are especially if they're pleading a uh you know not guilty on that it could take longer he he was hung pretty quickly after being convicted, whereas we have death row inmates in California still on death row from 30 years ago. <laughs> right. That's absolutely insane how fast that it used to move. It really was a simpler time back then. A little bit. Maybe there were just less people that they were trying convicting, and obviously our judicial system has greatly changed since the 19th century. So speaking of his hanging, he was actually hung nine days before his 35th birthday, so he was... Not even 35 when he was executed. Wow, really? He looks much older in his uh, black and white photographs. I don't think people generally lived as long back then, so I imagine they must have aged pretty quickly. But they lived a, like long past their 30s, though. I mean, maybe 50? Even in the late 19th century, people didn't live past I mean, their 50s? People, people were still putting leeches and uh, maggots in their wounds back then. That's crazy. If you go to biography.com, uh, which is, I don't know if this is connected to biography as in like the, you know, the series that just biographies on all sorts of different people. I, I think it is actually. I love how they list his occupation as murderer. Like he didn't have any other job. He was just a murderer. He had many jobs actually. Uh, well, his first wife, and I, I don't even remember his name because technically he was married to three different women at the same time. Whoa, play a player. <laughs> so, the original wife and child he had, I, I believe he was somewhere on the East Coast, and then he just picked up and abandoned his wife and child and moved over back to Illinois. Um, and that's where he went to work being a swindler and a con man. And he seemingly did pretty well to be able to build his murder castle. Interesting. He does have a great quote here on the biography site. I was born with the devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer. No more than the poet can help the inspiration to sing. That's very creepy. <laughs> and uh, what was his favorite victim of choice? His his flavor, if you will. A supernatural got that very, very right with blonde women. And not just any blonde women. Petite, little, pretty blonde women. 
I mean, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he uh, he definitely liked he 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 had a uh, certain type of degree of women that he would go after. Now, all his victims that we're aware of were they all these petite little blonde pretty girls or? No, actually, um, the victim of his that got him caught was his business partner who was a man um mid thirties. His business partner is how they found him. His business his his male business partner. Yes. What was the practice? Something with the murder castle. I have all these notes and that's not one of them. <laughs> what can you tell us about the murder castle, uh Mel? The murder castle well, um something very interesting about his murder castle, once he uh he got all this money to have it made, he would systematically fire the people building it so that nobody could quite understand what he was up to. It was built to uh, kill people with um, chambers and um, apparently there was, what are they called, trap doors where people could fall down into and be burned alive in acid. Um, There was long dizzying hallways to disorient victims. There was a whole bunch of different things like this and I'm not sure was it H.H. Holmes that was depicted in American Horror Stories Hotel? I didn't see that season but American Horror Story Hotel I thought it had to do with vampires It does but there's a serial killer ghost inside of the uh, the um, season You know I honestly I gave it up on American Horror Story a while back it just it, it just it just really lost interest for me very very quickly I'm pretty sure it was him, um, H.H. Holmes, that's depicted, and it it was so interesting. I'm not going to dwell on that because I'm I'm not 100%. But and, and American Horror Story certain... has like a thousand other podcasts too. <laughs> <laughs> right, he would have certain workers killed. He would have these workers fired. So nobody would really uh, figure out what it was up to. I actually have the price of the hotel. No, I don't. Do, is the hotel still standing? I believe it is. Somebody, this must be like one of those like serial killer collectible things that you know people purchased the house of HHH Holmes um, years later, knowing that's what it was at the time. It probably wasn't that big of a deal, but you know serial killer collectors are out there for for th- these type of uh, these type of things. Right. So another thing that Supernatural got very very right was the burial of HHH Holmes. Um, there was no way that they were going to themselves be able to dig up this body. I mean. Maybe they are Sam and Dean, but we might be giving them a little bit of credit with that. He, um, prior to his execution, he was requested to be buried in a pine box, have that box filled with cement, bury it down 10 feet, and then covered with cement once again. He did this because he didn't want any grave desecration, and he didn't want his corpse mutilated. Yes, or, because, well, pe- because he had been... Uh you know, such a uh, roundabout good fellow, you knew the right. uh, families of his victims would definitely uh, dig him up and then do something to the to the body. Well, this is something that's really interesting. Um, his grave was actually exhumed this year. Why? There are a lot of rumors that H.H. H. Holmes escaped to South America, and his family uh, was reached out to by History Channel's American Ripper and... The family actually decided to request that his body be exhumed to prove that it was him in that box. And they went on and they did it. 
and oh, I do remember <laughs> hearing about this now. Yeah. What's really interesting is his request of being buried in cement kept him from decomposing and his mustache was actually intact. What? Right. That sounds really weird. Yes, apparently it stunk really bad, but because of the way that he had only partially decomposed, um, it was really hard to identify him. Is facial hair one of those things, or even hair in general, um, one of those things that stays around with the body after the, the flesh is rotted? Generally, yes, unless you're talking like 100 years, but in this case, yeah, the the facial hair would have decomposed with him but the way that he was buried it was all still intact but because the dna was corrupted with the cement or something or another they actually had to identify him with his dental records but sure enough it was him now i'm curious if uh because supernatural as of the time we're recording this is in its 13th season and this episode took place in season two back in 2006 so Mm-hmm. I, and they do once in a while cover something like real that happened in the real world. I wonder if this will become a plot point at some point where, because at the end of the episode, spoiler alert, uh, but we're not we're not a review show, so I don't care. Dean dumps cement into Holmes's grave or where his body is buried after trapping the ghost within like a circle of salt. Do you remember? Yes. So if they dug up the body to this year. Uh, I wonder if the writers knew about that. I was wondering if maybe they should write an episode about the return of H.H.H. H. H. Holmes's ghost or something. That's uh, that's definitely very interesting. Um, or Sam and Dean try and stop it. You know what I mean? Like they go back to Chicago to to put a, to put a stop to it. Or Pennsylvania. he's buried in Chicago, right? I thought he was buried in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. This okay. guy got around. Okay, so he was buried in Philadelphia, and he was born right above me in New Hampshire. There's a a book out called The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson, not to be confused with the uh, creator of Savage Dragon and one of the co-founders of Image Comics. Have you ever read this? I have not read this, but um, uh, this is a bestseller, isn't it? Correct. Uh, the book set in Chicago in 1893, through, excuse me, set in Chicago in 1893, interviewing the true tales of Daniel H. Berman, the architect behind the World's Fair, and Dr. H. H. Holmes, the serial killer, uh and how he elaborately constructed his murder castle. And the book has been purchased by Leonardo DiCaprio to be turned into a movie. Oh, wow. That's super interesting. However, that um, was back in 2010, and nothing has come out yet about it. Uh, it takes guys forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I still expect it then. <laughs> Martin Scorsese is supposed to be directing it, because Scorsese obviously and uh, uh, DiCaprio worked on the project together. And I remember hearing rumors for a while that DiCaprio was supposed to star in the movie as H.H. H. Holmes. Very cool. And because he was like 10 years, uh, sorry, seven years ago when the book was purchased, he was the same, almost about the same age. He was in his mid to early 30s. Oh my gosh. So I'm going through my notes and like, I know what I wrote down is 100% accurate. And this is just crazy going back through them a day later. As I said earlier, he has nine confirmed victims when there's 20 to 200 unverified. Mm -hmm. He originally confessed to 100 murders and later confessed to 27. But on his execution day, he claimed, on his execution day when he was getting ready to be hung at the gallows, he claimed he only killed two people. That may not seem like too insane if it doesn't sound too insane yet. 
what, where it really gets hairy is some of these victims that he claimed he murdered were later found alive. The uh, the answer to the question about the castle, it was destroyed in 1938 due to a fire. Really? I thought it would have still been standing. No, I thought maybe it's, someone definitely... I thought it was a hotel. Yeah, no, apparently it was destroyed. According to a... Uh, the uh, I was looking under where this took place, um, the Chicago Tribune, which is why it confused where he was buried. Uh, the murder castle was in Chicago. He was hung and buried in Pennsylvania. The Chicago Tribune newspaper, uh, March stated March 7th, 19, reports that the castle was destroyed in a fire. Uh, they basically found a half-empty gas chamber underneath uh, the building, and that's what caused the fire, because he did oh, have wow. a gas chamber built right. for his victims. I mean, this is one of the ways he would kill people. The uh, site is now currently a United States post office. Okay, so um, what I'm reading here is when... Um, okay, so we all know how serial killers all get their crazy starts, whether they rip the wings off baby birds or mutilate and torture animals. Um, well, Holmes, when he was in medical school, uh, I believe one of his second jobs after being a swindler was actually a doctor. So, so while he was in medical school, he would steal and disfigure cadavers. But then, you know, you switch it around later on, and then... He would later sell the skeletons of his victims to medical science. There was a documentary that came out in um, in 2004 called H.H. Uh, H. Holmes, America's First Serial Killer, and it was narrated by Tony Jay. Have you ever seen this? I haven't. Tony Jay is a very prolific voice actor from uh, London, England. Uh, unfortunately, he died in 2006 at the age of 73, but he has one of those distinct voices. He was the narrator of Beauty and the Beast, um, and he was in, like, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Treasure Planet, Twins, uh, you know, many different cartoons, because he had a very distinct voice. All a lot of times, uh, he was the voice of the Magic Mirror in, like, several Disney cartoons, but he had one of those distinct voices that really stood out that you would distinctly recognize if you look him up. His IMDb credits go back uh, all many years into the 1960s, but uh, his his voice acting would stand the testament of time, I believe, alongside like Malcolm McDowell and and uh, Tim Curry and such. Very awesome. And so the, the the gravitas that he has in his voice, if you listen to him, I will try and find a clip and maybe play it during maybe towards the end of this. Uh, he definitely would fit a. Uh, documentary about H.H. H. Holmes. Okay, so we know that Holmes was a, was a rich man <laughs> between the swindling and building his murder castle and between being a doctor and every random other thing that he did. Um, after he was caught doing the deeds, he was paid $7,500 by Hearst Newspapers for a confession. So back then that was 7,500 and that translates to 215,000 today. Wow. So back then he was def yeah, that was definitely a lot of money. It was uh just just based on the uh the way uh the exchange, you know, the what we're looking at in terms of the wealth today compared to what it was back then. Which is insane like you're already caught, why not just you know, what are you going to do with that money? I'm supposing it went to his family's 
<laughs> since he had three of them. I don't know if he ever saw his original wife again or what happened there. He must have a ton of descendants. I, I can imagine, but how many people want to come out claiming to actually be related to him? I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, would it? Was it hard for them to find the the family members of him to dig up the body? I I would have to assume that they would have to get together with a good many of the descendants and collectively let the descendants say yes. It would have to be a collective yes from everybody uh-huh. because. Legal things like that get all kinds of hairy. I can sort of understand going through similar things myself. Ugh. Now, what's funny is how they depicted him in this uh, episode of Supernatural. He looks like a homeless man. He looks like he Rob does. Zombie. He looks yeah. gross. <laughs> I and mean, like in some of the photos, he's like super well groomed. I mean, sure, he's got that super big, weird handlebar mustache. He looks like a hipster, actually, like <laughs> in real life, and he looks like a like a homeless Santa in the episode. Uh, I mean, it, I, I'm looking at his older photos. Would this would this be a band that you would be attracted to today if he was around and you didn't know he was a serial killer? Um, I'm gonna. Uh, I've only seen a lot of the um the portraits. Yeah, I've, I've. I mean, personally, no, but I know women that that's that's their type. The handlebar mustache men. Handlebar mustache, bowler's cap. I mean, like, without the mustache. Um, I'm looking at a picture of him actually without the mustache. Weird. He's he's not bad looking. Uh, who... To confirm from earlier, oh. yes, it was. He was depicted in American Horror Story Hotel. Okay. See, I didn't think I. I don't think I could pass the first episode after the blood orgy that uh, Lady Gaga has. It was tough to get past Lady Gaga, but um, yeah. if you can get past Lady Gaga, uh, the rest of the story is pretty pretty interesting. Okay, so what's funny is that the guy who plays him on Supernatural, Stephen Arbell, he has like only seven credits to his name, going back to huh. 21 Jump Street, um, or Hands of a Stranger. He played a rapist in court. Uh, he was on The L Word for a couple episodes. He was on Dark Angel, which is another show I watched. And then he hasn't done anything since Supernatural until The Magicians this year, which is a TV series currently on sci-fi. I'm wondering if he doesn't shave his mustache and that's just his character look or something. But it's weird that he has so few credits and they're so far between that, like, in Hollywood, unless you made a name for yourself at one point, you know, it's not very easy to just come back into work. Yeah, and he's on like no, I agree. <laughs> he's on some big TV shows, The L Word, Supernatural, The Magicians. That's... Maybe he's got friends. It's just kind of weird that there's such a huge gap in like actors' work sometimes. But I I also know that IMDb does not somebody does not always update IMDb. But still, it's it's just it does it automatically if you're a big enough character. Yeah, true. So not to dwell on Steven, but it's just it's a really weird IMDb when you look at it, just because yeah. of the stuff he's been in. You know, and then and then it just kind of comes back, and it's like, but it reminds me of like an actor named Tony Moran who played. Uh, he was like one of the two main people that played Michael Myers in the first Halloween movie, but he yeah. played Michael Myers. You know what I mean? And right. so him coming back into acting 
you know, might still be hard. I don't know. I, I mean, I think when he came on the show, he did explain it. I just don't remember it. Uh, you can go to my Radio Horror YouTube page to listen to his interview. But, you know, he stepped away from it for a while until someone kind of found him and he started taking roles again. And next thing you know, people are throwing him, like, you know, bit parts in horror movies left and right because he used to play Michael Myers. And when he stepped back into the light, you know, that really picked up. You know, Barbara Crampton stepped out of acting for a really long time. But she was in some huge horror movies in the 80s. And now she's like, you know, she's in a ton of stuff again. But she has that right. credit to her name. Uh, having been in like Reanimator and stuff, so uh, it's just it's just weird and and you know just kind of moving on. W- one of my favorite uh, serial killers that uh, has been played, excuse me, one of my favorite actors to play serial killers in several different movies was Corin Nemec. He played like Ted Bundy and Richard Speck. Uh, oh. Did you ever see those uh, films? I didn't. Richard Speck uh, was involved in the Chicago Land Massacre. He kept like nine nurses hostage and stabbed them stabbed like five of them i think repeatedly in the chest and in their downstairs business and like four of them escaped and he had like severe issues with women and when he went to prison he was he got into like a homosexual relationship and started taking drugs to grow breasts and i don't know if he was in the middle of transitioning but holy cow this guy was insane he also like had um because i was talking to cornemic about it like you know like he had uh you know really bad skin condition and stuff like pox and stuff all over his face yeah so he always felt like threatened by women in terms of like you know the way he looks and ted bundy was just a straight up serial killer of women in the 50s that everyone loved and he was a good boy next door i have a series of uh serial killer trading cards have you ever seen these I have. I'm not a huge fan of serial killers. I find some of the things that certain ones do interesting. I think the most interesting thing for for me with this one was how he wanted to be buried, but usually they just creep me out. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're not like the type of person that you want to follow and idolize in any kind of way. Uh, The serial killer trading cards, you can pick up at serialkillercalendar.com. They were the second wave, and the artists on these cards are... Uh, fantastic. They they cover like John Wayne Gacy, Ed Gein, Jeffrey Dahmer, Dennis Rader, Otis O'Toole, Richard Speck, Ted Bundy, uh, Myra Hindley, uh, Charles Manson. Who speaking of serial killers, Charles Manson just recently passed away. Yeah. Uh, and H H H Holmes. I wanted to find the H H H Holmes card. His art was done by Mark Stinson. And uh, most of the facts on the back of the card are pretty much what we've already gone over. But they do a little trivia thing here at the bottom. It says, although he's sometimes referred to as America's first serial killer, the crimes occurred after those of others such as Tom Neal Cream and the Servant Girl Annihilator and the Bloody Breeders, who also were active in the United States of America. But they guess, hmm. I guess they didn't kill as many people as H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah. And they, these cards, by the way, go all the way back in time because they even have cards for Vlad Tepes. <laughs> oh, wow. Eileen. Uh, uh, and uh, one of the more other famous ones is Eileen Wernos. Uh, I'm mispronouncing the last name, but uh, this serial killer was made into the movie Monster starring Charlize Theron. Mm-hmm. The movie she won the Oscar for. Which movie? Monster. I've not seen it. You've never seen Monster? I travel so much, I don't get a lot of time to watch movies. Oh, this movie came out, God, maybe like seven years ago. She won an Academy Award for it. She, like, 
you know, learned how to smoke. She put on all this weight and everything for the role to make her body and, and face and stuff like that uh, really look like Eileen. I mean, she went to some, like, in-depth method acting, you know, not shaving or showering or shaving, you know. It, it really drew, grew her hair out and made it unkempt, just like uh, this uh, killer of men. She was like a male, she was a, fe- she was a fe- I think she was like a female prostitute that would lure men in and then kill them. I'm probably miss also wrong a bit about her facts, but I'm not a huge expert on her, and I have not watched the movie in many, many years. So, And I don't think they've done a ghost of her on this uh, Supernatural, as you said. H.H. H. Holmes, I think, is probably the only serial killer that they cover on the show. Because they definitely don't ever do, like, Ted Bundy or Gacy, but they do reference them. Yes, and you mentioned earlier you didn't see the new American Horror Story. It was really, really interesting that he died rich. right after they didn't, did a season about him. Wait, who? We're talking about H.H. Uh, H. Charles... Holmes? No, Charles Manson. Oh, Charles Manson. Okay, you're talking about this past season. I was like, wait a minute. How old is American Horror Story? <laughs> While Supernatural isn't going through the serial killers, and I imagine that one day they will, American Horror Story is. I would love to see a crossover episode between American Horror Story and um, Supernatural, like they're doing with Scooby-Doo. Okay, so this past season I thought it had to do with, like, Donald Trump. It has to. It, it has many, many elements. Oh, okay. Like earlier, you said um, the hotel was about vampires. It's also about serial killers. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Well, that is pretty much the time we have here for this episode of, excuse me, Supernatural Creatures and Lore, covering serial killer H. H. Holmes, which was a ghost in this episode. So it was nice that we weren't dealing with like these type of ghosts and these type of ghosts. Right. We had one particular ghost to to, uh, to kind of work on, and apparently there was an episode of um, History Channel's Haunted History back in 2013, their third season, dealt with H.H. H. Holmes and the Murder Castle. I didn't watch it, but I'm curious, did they go to the post office to film it? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I wouldn't doubt it, either that or they made some sort of a replica. Right, Definitely. Uh, well, you can find us on our group, Supernatural Creatures and Lore. If you join the group, please make a post and uh, mention the podcast and how you heard about it. We are not associated with the podcast Lore. For many people I've had to remove from the group who thought we were Lore, and they always co- keep commenting, like, I love the podcast Lore. And it's like, great. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's, a very, it's an insanely popular podcast, which does cover some of the same material we do. But we're sticking to certain things connected to a television series, and it, it, it's, I understand how there's the the connection. You know, people have also said, "Well, this isn't like lore at all," and I'm like, "I we kind of did, have you ever listened to an episode, or are you just like trolling around Facebook?" Anyway, also you can find us on SPN Creatures and Lore on Twitter and our individual Twitters at Chris D S A V, as this is part of the Radio Horror Network, and you can find Mel at her Twitter. At Mel Heflin, M-E-L-H-E-F-L-I-N. And thank you to Jess Lantern for providing our theme song for us. And we'll be back in a few weeks with the next episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore. <laughs> Till next time. In the shadows you can hear the sounds The rumble of a hundred hellhounds Cries of the banshee, terror of the go. You also can't see if there's just nowhere to go It's the creature. Whoa.